to the next page Flip turn to the next chapter Flip turn to the next day Flip turn to the next one Welcome to Life 111 Podcast. I'm Destiny. And I'm Xavier Quarterman. And welcome to episode eight. Um, we're creeping into uh, Christmas time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it this week? Next week? Next? Well, when it comes out this week. Yeah. yeah so that's pretty exciting. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. We just celebrated uh, Zalea's first birthday party. Yeah, we celebrated it, but her birthday is not until the 21st. Yeah. So, so how was that as a, a mom celebrating your daughter's first birthday? Uh, it was very crazy. Yeah. Like, it was like, just thinking like she was just born. It feels yeah. like yesterday. Yeah. So just, and even we made a slideshow and just seeing her so little. Yeah. And now she's like walking around mm. and like talking. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Yeah. She She was five pounds. I remember... Holding her from my hand, not even to my elbow. Yeah. Like she was so small and now she's just walking around talking and yeah. halfway running now. She's in that phase where she runs now. Like you'd be like, where are you she going? And she away. takes off. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I, I remember at the birthday party, like it was hectic for me too. Like I remember just sweating a lot. Yeah. Like for no reason, like trying to get the music going, getting people to uh, know exactly where the location was because we were at you know, first Orlando and that's a big location. So, um, and then there was another event there on top of ours. So it was like, no, we're not celebrating the life of Ron, you know, we're <laughs> oh celebrating God. his birthday party. So, yeah, so it was cool though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think I was like stressed mm. all the way until like we got home, yeah. <laughs> like just setting up. Yeah. Like we ran out of helium, like yeah. we were still setting up when people were coming in. Yeah, it was a little stressful, but yeah. it turned out great. Yeah. So getting into um, this week's topic, I think is perfect because we had um, a cousin of yours. She came and she was a great help. And she knows she is. Shout out to her. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things was she came over Friday night and hung out. And when she first got here, we ended up just talking for like two or three hours. Mm-hmm. And those two or three hours was just like, like the TV was on, but it was just like genuine connection. Like we were talking about real things. Like we were really genuinely asking each other how we were doing. Yeah. Like what was, I, I had an amazing vibe. What was that like for you though? Yeah. It felt good to, you know, have great conversation where there's like no filter, like yeah. anything that is said is like no judgment and it was i really enjoyed it a lot yeah it was i think and the the thing that she kept saying that i think was really cool was we'll just be having transparent conversation and she i don't know where be like dang i didn't even know that about myself yeah like dang i'm learning about myself and it's just always really cool when you could just be transparent and vulnerable in a space to where you're so transparent and vulnerable that you're saying things you didn't even know yourself. Yeah. You know, um, from what you were saying. So, and then we ended up going to El House that night and then we ended up sitting at the table again. Yeah. Talking for another two hours and then <laughs> came home. We talked, talked to like for like 12, the, 1 yeah. o'clock. It was just amazing. And like, 
I think we want to get into the importance of creating a safe space for yourself. We also want to take time to acknowledge the passing of the great Stefan Boss, mm. um, who unfortunately lost his life to suicide. Um, he was the DJ for the Ellen DeGeneres show and um, also um, So You Think You Could Dance and every other you know dance show was out there. He was iconic. I remember watching the show and I was like, man, like he's just a light in the room. Like yeah. he's somebody you want to be like with the energy and the positivity that he carried. And so we think it's a great time to just make sure that um, we're creating safe space for one another and um, being transparent and vulnerable about what we're actually going through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes the people with the biggest smiles are the people that are hurting the most. Yeah, you know? I, I saw a picture the other day. And it was saying, this is what depression can look like. Mm -hmm. And it was Marilyn Monroe. I mean, a bunch of amazing actors, artists, people we, you know, who are iconic. Um, Just, you know, people. And it is scary to know that, you know, you can see somebody look happy, have a beautiful family, you know, beautiful spouse. They're living the American dream, very successful. And on the inside, they don't want to live anymore. Yeah. You know, and so... Um, I think that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. So talking about that, what do you think is the importance of having like uh, two or three friends or a tight knit circle to talk to about some of the things that you struggle with? Yeah, I think it's very important to have a friend or two that you can call and kind of just be unfiltered with. Um, I can go through countless amount of examples and times in life where I was overwhelmed. I felt like a failure or I didn't want to live anymore. Um, or maybe we got into an argument and I'm like thinking about making decisions that yeah. I, you know, based off of emotion. And I think just having an ear to vent that stuff to sometimes you, most of the time you don't even need advice. Mm-hmm. You just need to get it out of your system. Yeah. And so I found those moments to be priceless because, um, you know, it wasn't a church service. It wasn't an event. You know, it was just just calling somebody something so simple. But yet it it could save your marriage. It could save you from serving five to 10 years of jail. It can save you from taking your own life. Like, I think yeah. we don't value it, value it enough. And so I know for me, it's definitely um, a response to when I'm, you know, life is getting difficult. I understand, yeah. like, man, like, this is something... I can do. And that's my go-to. Yeah. So it's very important. So um, for you, is it, how important is it for you to have um, two or three friends to be able to go to? For me, it's, it's very important because I'm the type that I just keep things in until Mm -hmm. it like boils up inside and I just like throw it up. And it's just like, you know, like it turns us into having an argument and I'm just like irritated and annoyed with everything. So, um, for me, it's important that I have those two or three people that I can talk to about yeah. whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm thinking, and they don't judge me. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, this is stupid. Like, why am I dealing with this? Or why am I thinking this? Is this normal? And those two or three people like are okay with whatever I have to say. Yeah. Like you're just like, yeah, I understand. Like that's normal. I went through that. You know, yeah. like so it's like it's like wow, like I feel better. Like I'm not the only one. Yeah. You know? 
So it's very important for me because I can isolate myself and not talk to anyone for days. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing that stuck out that you said was you didn't feel judged. Yeah. And I think about the conversation we, you know, we're able to sit down and have with probably six to seven hours, if you count it, Mm -hmm. with your cousin. And I think that was the main theme. Like, it was no judgment. Yeah. Like, we can talk, we were talking about some of our worst times. We were talking about some of the most horrible times with our exes. Yeah. And it was a judgment-free zone. Yeah, like, we were, like, bouncing from conversation to conversation. mm -hmm. It was just, like... Uh, like a free zone, like yeah. just say whatever you feel, whatever comes to your mind, just like yeah. whatever. And there wasn't a lick of advice really shared, yeah. but yet I felt so encouraged. It was like, yeah. I was encouraged by the fact that you're going through something. Mm-hmm. I was encouraged by the fact that she's going through something. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we all had in common is that all of us are going through something. Yeah. We're and, not perfect. Yeah. Everyone and struggles. we're together in that. So on one end, we have, you know, you have those two or three people you can share with, but we also have the obstacle of you actually got to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So what was it like for you becoming more comfortable? Or maybe it never became comfortable, but more comfortable (laughs) with being transparent and vulnerable with people who could handle it. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's, I still feel weird sharing sometimes, even Mm -hmm. with you. It's like... Like, I'm just like, because mm, for so long I've like held things in. But I guess when there is transparency on both ends, yeah. it's easier for me to mm. share whatever I'm going through. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess there's just has to be like a vice versa type thing yeah. for me, not for everybody, because some yeah. people can just talk and talk and that's it. Yeah. But I don't know. It might sound bad too, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I have nah, to have that vulnerability on both ends. Yeah. So I think reciprocity is like super important. I once heard a quote years ago, my brother-in-law posted on Facebook and he said, the people that are the strongest, the, pe- the strongest people I know are the people who are constantly reminding themselves how weak they are. And I can relate. Like everyone we look up to, everyone I personally look up to, I know all their weaknesses. Yeah, it's like those people gain my respect not by showing their strength and how strong Mm, they are, how much they know. It was like my mentor was like, "Man, I'm struggling. Like I'm 12 years into marriage, and I'm struggling." And I'm like, "Oh man!" Like, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, "Dang!" Like I look up to you, and it seems backwards, right? Like Mm -hmm. it seems like. Oh, you're struggling too, so I, I'm not going to look up to you. But it's actually strength when we see people uh, show their weaknesses at times. Yeah, and I, I just love when uh, people share. Like, I like to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if, people's, if people are going through something or if someone shares something with me, like, I like to ask questions. And I just like to hear, like, their thought process and, like, maybe I can take something from it and use it. Yeah. So I think that's why I like the vice versa type thing. Like, we're both, am I using the right word? Vice versa? Oh. Reciprocity more so. Yeah. That's a big word for me. I don't know. (laughs) But. um, Reciprocity. (laughs) I think, like, just sharing on both ends is, it helps me. And I think that's important, too, because. Like relationships are just rules of engagement, you know? So when you are going to trust somebody with very sensitive information, Mm 
um, I feel like that is an important element that we both need to be depositing yeah. uh, vulnerability and transparency because, you know, you want to cash a pearl so the swan to, which is another topic. Yeah. Um, like, how do we know who to trust? You know what I'm saying? And I think at the end of the day, that's a discernment thing, right? It's personal. Yeah. Um, but I think as long as you and that person know, like, hey, like, I'm about to tell you this. I trust you with this. Yeah, I know for me, there's been times where I've shared something with someone and it's been really, really um, like private. Mm -hmm. And before I'm like, I'm going to tell you something and I need to let it out, but it needs to stay between me and you. So making it clear Mm. um, is good, too. Yeah. I have two, three people that I talk to, Mm -hmm. but like I know that I can't share everything with every single person. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that I share with this person. There's certain things that I share with that person. Yeah. Like if I'm having some marriage issues, I'll go to one person. Mm-hmm. If I'm having, if I need help with mothering, I'll go to another person that I yeah. trust. So I think that too is having those two, three people, if it's possible, mm-hmm. like just kind of like, I guess splitting like yeah. whatever the person can help you with. Yeah. I like guess. basically sharing and what they specialize in or yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I definitely agree. Um, I have a friend that if I need to talk about just my walk with God or the word, I have my mentor I go to when it yeah. comes to marriage or manhood, fatherhood, like I have, a, yeah. you know, one or two I go to. So I definitely think that's, that's really good advice. Mm-hmm. And um, I also, want to think about there's probably a couple people who are listening to this and they've been hurt like yeah. they have trusted people mm-hmm. and that trust has been broken that's good you know they have trusted them with sensitive information and before they knew it that yeah. information was out in the streets mm-hmm. so um i think about those people and i don't know maybe have you been through something like that like have you been in a situation where you trusted somebody um with certain information and you find out they kind of like mishandled it. Yeah, uh, I've definitely gone through that for sure, which I think is why like I still struggle to share now mm-hmm. yeah. because of those situations where I told someone something and they went and told someone else and I found out. Yeah. And yeah, that's still something I struggle with today. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I, I, the same. I think one thing that's helping me is replacing those memories with new ones. Mm. Um, I do, like, I have tons of stories and instances where, like, I trusted people. Yeah. And that information was just tossed. And Mm -hmm. not only was it information, there was uh, false information. Yeah. Like, you took my story and you twisted it and then you, like, threw it around. Yeah. And for a while, like, especially I've always struggled with male relationships. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know that like just over the course of the last ten years, like there's just been an inconsistency with male relationships. So I specifically struggled there because yeah, um I just been hurt in those areas. Um, but as I move forward and forming new ones with the group of brothers I have, um, those are becoming more those are becoming more powerful memories mm-hmm. than ones before. Yeah, but the temptation is to just stay like I don't want to trust nobody. Yeah. That is a temptation to just sit there. Mm-hmm. But I think you miss out and you lose out on the benefit yeah. of having good relationship. Yeah, I agree. What does it look like for you? Um, I guess embracing 
those relationships that you have or those people that you can trust? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's three really good friends of mine, Mm -hmm. um, all married men. Um, they have children for the most part. And so for us, like we have, first off, we have a group chat. So at any given moment, any day, one of us are going to throw something in there. Yeah. It could be anywhere from, it could be super general or it can be like, my marriage is in trouble or I'm about to slip and fall. Like it's, it's a judgment free zone. Like, Mm -hmm. because we know each other, you know what I'm saying? So, um, anything can happen in that text. And so that's like an open line at any point if I'm like going through it or anything. And then we try to get together. Sometimes we do it once a month. Sometimes it's, um, once every two months, we, we do what we can depend on, you know, how life is. And we usually meet up at top golf and it's, mm-hmm. it's been a thing for the last couple of years. And like us meeting at top golf, like has like changed our lives. I know it sounds weird. Yeah. Which I, I really <laughs> like that he has a group of friends that are married and that he can trust because I don't know if you're going to get into this, mm-hmm. but he comes home better than yeah. he was. Like, yeah. Agreed. He like comes home like so excited, like yeah. he wants to just do better and yep. we have good conversation. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. We we meet up and I don't know if you notice about males, but males will never say, Hey, let let's go out to eat and talk. Like guys won't say <laughs> oh that. God. Like you'll never hear guys just want to go out to eat. Yeah. Or go, you know, guys always science it's scientifically proven we communicate and connect better while doing an activity. So the activity of connecting is we're gonna top golf, but that's really a cover up to say, like, I need someone to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> so we go and we end up golfing for like maybe 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But probably after that, we sit in the parking lot and talk for like two or three hours. Yeah. And that's when the wives are looking at the phones like, yo, what are you at? And we're like, yeah, we're in the parking lot still talking. Yeah, it's like midnight. Yeah, but like- it's, it's there where I was expressing on my fears of becoming a first time father. It's there where my boy went from like a really traumatizing divorce to now married, you know, to a wife and wanting to start a family. Like it's there like where a brother of mine is like in the midst of burnout. Like it is so many things we get to communicate there. And not only that we're males. So it's like, it's just an incredible thing that we get to experience of being transparent. And it didn't, man, it, it does stuff to us that we can't even really like truly describe. And so we protect that. You know what I'm saying? Like we, embrace that and I protect that because I know my family like you said benefits off of that Mm -hmm. so on over a course or a month or two I'm either I'm throwing stuff in that chat or we're trying to figure out when we're going to meet up because it's in that space where we can truly connect and if I am thinking crazy I can throw it out there and know my brothers won't judge me and know they'll encourage me yeah and sometimes I don't I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have that space so was it like for you to embrace you know that two or three of, of your circle for me, it's uh, sending a text or um, calling. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I know one person out of the two or three that will answer every time. Mm-hmm. Or if not, like, she'll text me and be like, "I'll call you in a second. Yeah. But um, and I love that. So, like, for me, if I'm going through something, I would just text them and be like, "Hey, I'm going through this," and I'll send a big old paragraph, and they'll either text me back or call me. Um, I'll, or I'll go out to eat with like uh, one of my cousins and like we'll talk and, you know, laugh. And that helps me like feel better. Yeah. So that's some of the things that I do. 
Yeah. So do you think friends affect your marriage? Oh, yeah. 100%. I feel like this is a strong statement. I ain't never thought of this. But I do think, I think your friends, I think your friends are an extension of your marriage. Okay. As in, when I, if I go out with my boys, I'm coming home with the, with the influence of what I was just around. That's going to directly affect you and my family. Right. So I feel as though having a great circle benefits your marriage. Mm. Like you said earlier, like when I come home, um, it's like, it's like I'm encouraged. I'm like energized. Like I'm ready to take on, you know, whatever task or challenges I need to as a husband and a father, because I was just around other fathers and other husbands yeah, who poured, you know, poured into me, but positively mm-hmm. versus I could have went out and all of them are single, you know, all of they trying to do is smash and drink and get drunk. Yeah. And no matter how strong I am, I'm going to be affected by that. And guess what? That's going to affect my marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's super important. And it took us a while to get here, honestly, like, yeah, and we're not all the way there. But we're in a great space, I think, friendship-wise. I remember when we first got married, it was like, <laughs> uh, like I'm married and you're talking about this. Like, yeah, I don't know, like I don't know what you're talking about that or so. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a lot of trial and error, but I do definitely think they uh, affect your marriage, your friendships. There's a a book I read maybe a year or two ago, and this uh, pastor was telling a story of a couple in his church and the couple sat with him in his office one day and like, Hey pastor, um, we're, we're just, we're ready to give up. We're going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And the pastor's like, okay, this is kind of sudden because you guys seem like you're doing fine. Like, you know what happened? And he's like, well, I did my best. And, she, and she's like, I did my best and it didn't work. Yeah. And the pastor looked at both of them and he says, well, have you reached out to other couples? You know, have you talked to other couples about this? Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we just, you know, we're just going to end it. And the pastor said, that's the problem. Your best isn't enough. Yeah. You need the best of your, of one another, and you need the best of everyone around you. Mm. And that's so true. Like, there's times where we, I'm giving my best, you're giving your best, and we still can't get on the same page. Yeah. But you reach out to your homegirl, I reach out to my homeboy, and we get a, a better perspective, and we come together. Yeah. And it's like, because we had a healthy circle, and we got their best. Now we're able to to mend um, our marriage in a better way. Yeah, and I think what's great about like our circle of friends is they're not like on one side. They're yeah. not like, oh, you're wrong or yeah. I'm right. Yeah. They're like always giving um, advice or they say things for both ends. Yeah. So we both learn. Yeah. You know. So I think that's great too. Yeah, I think that's a great quality to have in somebody you confide in. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the main things that I can say that they all have in common is that they're not always just trying to be on my team. Yeah, they're trying to be on my marriage team. They're trying to be on my futures team. Like you want somebody who's going to look out for your future and for what's, you know, truth Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, just to take your side. Like, yeah, man, she's stupid, man. She did that, man. Like, you know, like it's (laughs) like there's been times they're like, bro, go home or man, if you want to turn around, like, yeah. Like, I remember when we, um, with our first child, when you were pregnant, the first pregnancy, um, like, we had gotten to it, and I was running late to mm-hmm. the one of the appointments. 
And they called me like, bro, if you don't hurry up and get your butt to yeah. that appointment, like I've been, I've been put in check a couple of times, but mm-hmm. that's part of the safe space. I can trust them with that. Yeah. Like there's a proverb that says like, you can trust the wound of a friend more than the kiss of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So I know if they like, you know, if, if they coming at me, I know it's because I can trust that, yeah. you know, it's, it's for my good. That's so, good. That's true. Yeah. So let's get into creating a safe space in marriage. Um, we definitely, you know, we haven't perfected this, but it's definitely yeah. an ongoing conversation on how we can create a safe space for one another. Yeah. So what has been your experience with that, uh, creating a safe space as a wife? Um, I think for me, first, making sure that when he comes home from work, mm-hmm. that the like atmosphere of the home is like kind of peaceful and it's not like, like I've been angry all day and it just feels like, like anger's in the room, you know? So I try to, if I am having a bad day, I try to like deal with it throughout the day so that when he comes home, it's Mm -hmm. like peaceful and like safe, Mm -hmm. um, which I think it's important to make sure that your home does feel safe. Um, also, uh, talking things out before it boils up to an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know a lot of times where we keep things in. Well, for me personally, I keep things in so long that it ends up turning into this big old argument yeah. to where like we're yelling at each other and like, it just doesn't turn out good. Yeah. So I think like sharing what has worked for us is like sharing right away or when you got your thoughts together, mm-hmm. like what you're experiencing inside. And maybe there's like a misunderstanding or yeah. there's just, you know, something that you guys weren't on the same page about. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that uh, doing that mm-hmm. uh, helps create like a safe space for you. Yeah. What are some things on your end? I think a big thing for us as males and husbands uh, is not being afraid to um, not being afraid of your emotions and your feelings and what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause sometimes it can be like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to ask how her day's going because I know <laughs> she's finna just like, I'm like, I was kind of having a decent day and I know she, once she starts going, it's going to be like, ah, oh, like I, you know, yeah. I think John Bellion said it in one of his songs. He was like, when you, avoid her feelings you water down her worth mm. and so it's, it's yeah so it's it's um it's embracing your emotions asking you how you feel even if it's towards me like some mm. it's tough but it's like being able to ask you how do you feel what yeah. are you going through and then however you receive affection like we just took another uh five love language test and mm-hmm. It's never been this, but I'm apparently now it's physical touch. Yeah. So now like I'm like trying to rewire my brain to be, mm-hmm. you know, more affectionate physically. Yeah. With you. That's non-sexual. Yeah. Right? Like that doesn't. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'm like <laughs> wanting to cuddle and it's like, you want something sexual? Yeah. I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> that's just me being a man there. Uh, yeah. You but you know, that, it you ends up that, happening anyway. That cuddling. I'm hard. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if we cut it long enough, I can uh, get there. Yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like blue balls. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's 
I, I, there's many, but I think a big thing is being able to embrace your feelings, your emotions. Be honestly being able to embrace your mind. Yeah. Because we live in a culture that embraces everything else. We mm-hmm. embrace your, you know, your you got big boobs and you got big, but like that. That's yeah. That's the obvious. But when you're able to, uh, when you're able to handle what she's going through, um, how she feels, and it's unfiltered, I think that creates a security. And I think on top of that which I'm I'm really learning is once those things are shared how do you handle them um with care mm-hmm. like to the point where when I respond to you even if it hurt me how do I respond in a way that doesn't step on what you just told me yeah that's kind of like what we had a yeah. we had a conversation last night yeah well it's <laughs> I like to deconstruct everything and that's just like yeah. I don't care what you want to say on. just apologize I would- <laughs> sharing something and i know this wasn't your intention right but like i shared something and he just like belittled everything yeah, i right, said okay. that's how okay. i felt okay right <laughs> but Safe it <space>. wasn't <laughs> it wasn't his intention yeah you know so i think like because i like apologies like i like when he says i'm sorry because it's like okay like he knows he was wrong you yeah. know i don't know if that sounds bad or not but mm. Yeah, I just like apologies. Which we took an apology language test too. Yeah, that's out there. And I like when someone yeah. knows that they're wrong. Yours is of like verbal, like owning up. Yeah, yeah. Taking responsibility. Mine's was requested uh, forgiveness. Yeah. So that's another language that we're new to being aware of. Mm-hmm. For me, I like understanding. So she can just want an apology, and I'm trying to talk through. Like your background and why you did what you did, and then my background and why I did what I did, so that you know what I did wasn't you know yeah. offensive because my background is different than your background. So all when right, I did it, I really right. meant this. So <laughs> calm down, it's okay. So, so but that's that's this is the this is our process right now of, yeah. of learning because I want her to be able to share her feelings or something that you know I did that may offended her, mm-hmm. and I want to be I want her to be able to feel like you know I handled that. Like, I feel like I can share with him and he's not going to use it against me. He's yeah. not going to belittle it. So it's an ongoing process. And I think it always, always will be. Yeah. We're still yeah. like, you know, learning each other's needs and uh, yeah. like what makes us both feel safe. Yeah. And two, like one layer is we're, we're both have different backgrounds. You know, you grew up in a Hispanic home. I grew up in a black home. Mm-hmm. So our needs and our desires are different yeah. in and out of itself. And so another thing we're working on with creating a safe space in marriage is not, there's some things she shares that she needs. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And then vice versa. I can be like, you know, well, this is what I need. And it might not register to her at all, mm-hmm. but it's learning to respect. Yeah. Like, you know what? That's what they need. Like, even if I don't get it, mm-hmm. um, like you love after we, you know, apologize or if you're going through something difficult you want me to hug be you close you want yeah. to be close me growing up it was like we just talked now i'm just gonna go kind of decompress yeah so when she first shared like yeah i just i like you to get close i'm like it was i was tempted and to like, belittle it yeah and like guy, guys like if you have a wife or a girlfriend like y'all have an argument she's like go away oh, or leave me alone that means like stay that's what that means. <laughs> I, I'm still learning that language. You know, we're like, men are direct. 
Like, go away. All right, I'll be back. <laughs> no, store. but now like, I, I make it clear for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, like, if I don't make something clear for you, like, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, you're yeah. just always so confused. Yeah, so that's <laughs> also, okay, that's a good point because creating a safe space in marriage is also being direct on what you need. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if you're being indirect, then you're not giving that person a fair shot to create that space for you. You know, like when you're saying like, just get away. I'm like, all right, I'm definitely get some boiled peanuts from 7-Eleven. <laughs> and now you're like even more worse. Let me have some. Yeah, now you're worse. So like you are now saying like, hey, like, can yeah. we please hug? And I'm like, oh yeah, like I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you ladies, nine times out of 10, your husband doesn't know what, he, what you're thinking. Like. Yeah, so that's why it's important to share what you need. And I know for men, it is hard to share um, yeah. what you need because yeah. it feels like vulnerable like mm-hmm. you're a man like you don't need nothing but yeah. like you do yeah and we had this conversation yesterday it's it's difficult for me to share my needs because look at from a little boy mm-hmm. we're playing with action figures what yeah. did 007 need what did batman need what is like mm-hmm. like the the things we inspire to be they seem as though they don't need anything and they have weaknesses. We, you grow up and you start seeing like these superheroes are human. Yeah. But as men, I don't think um, we grew up encouraged to embrace what we need. Yeah. And so it is difficult. And a lot of times we always just think that's sex, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you like sex is not the number one thing that a man needs. It's respect. Yeah. And it's learning what does respect look like for you? Like, how do I express, hey, babe, I need, I need respect or mm-hmm. I need to respect this decision. Like, yeah. that's a great conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's vulnerable, but I think once you're able to communicate that, that's what creating a safe space Ugh. That's what creating, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. That's what creating <laughs> a safe space is. It, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And it's a lot of vulnerability because you're trusting this person mm-hmm. with what they can hurt you with. Yeah, and, like, when you do share, like, I, he can't share something with me, and I'm like, oh, you really need that? Like, seriously? I'm never going to talk to you. He'll never, never share, share again. Ever. Bye. Like, I can't. I'm, like, hurt so, thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, when they do, like, when we share, like, we're like, okay, like, I can do that. Or what does that look like? What mm-hmm. What else can I do, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think the other part, too, is, like, being willing to provide that for your spouse, even if you don't get it. Like we mm-hmm. talked about hearing it out without belittling it. And then it's like, every time I give her this hug or get close, it feels stupid. But yeah. like, this is what she needs. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. She needs this. Yeah, You know, and vice versa, like not belittling each other's needs. And that's what ultimately creates a safe space. And the most sensitive places are where the greatest intimacy is experienced. Yeah. Can you relate to that? Yeah. Like, I think that's like true on so many levels, like where the arguments happen mm-hmm. and where the most offense happens is also the places where when we talk it out and we're able to get on the same page and we get understanding, that's where the most intimacy happens. Yeah, so it's that's all, true. it's always worth talking through. Mm-hmm. It's always worth uh, fighting for. Yeah. So. That's good. That's good. So I really want to get into this because it keeps coming up. I want to talk about sex in marriage and Mm -hmm. how uh, husbands, well, I'm going to talk about personal. Mm -hmm. 
you are a very sexual being. Right. And my God, <laughs> I'm not a very sexual being. Like mm-hmm. he can be like, like ready in one second. Yeah. And I need 30 minutes. Yeah. But I don't belittle like him being a sexual being. I kind mm-hmm. of embrace that. Yeah. And because ob- honestly, like as a wife, and a husband, like, where else are you going to get sex from? Yeah. You know, so if he asks me for sex um, in the morning and then he asks me for sex at night, I'm not going to be like, why are you so horny? Like, yeah. why do you need sex so much? Yeah. You know, I'm going to give him what he needs. And yeah. I appreciate you for not taking advantage of my yeses. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. and like as a wife, I think it's important to not say no to your mm. husband. Yeah. And this is sensitive, I know, to a lot of women because there's a lot of no's. He will have me doing it 10 times a day. <laughs> um, but, like, I have never said no yeah. to Xavier sexually because, um, like, where else is he going to get it from, yeah. you know? You don't want to put me in a position to... Yeah, I got that great piece of advice from one of our close friends where she's like, never say no to your husband because, like, you're the only one that could give it to him. Yeah. So, and on the other end, like, like I said, he doesn't take advantage of my yeses and he's not like, let's do it 10 times a day. Like you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's just very like, like, all right, like, is it okay if I can get this or like, let's, you know, so, um, if your husband needs sex, you know, give it to him, (laughs) you know, (laughs) plain and simple. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. So my, my response Right. So it's a safe space for me because I know that you as my wife are mm-hmm. never, is, you're never going to tell me no, but how do I protect that? Yeah. Because I can take advantage of that because part of you wants to just, part of you is saying like, I don't want to say no. So how do I continue to create a space where you're continually willing to, you know, mm. to, to say yes. And part of that is, all right, I'm aware that She's not going to be on all the time. She's not mm-hmm. going to be on at the same time I am. Yeah. So what can I do on my end to better prepare her? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I know, like, all right, I want something in the morning. All right, you just got to, it's in the morning. You just got to jump into that one. But <laughs> if it's at night. Yeah, if it's at night, you know what? I'm going to, like, send her text throughout the day. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, give her an extra long hug, you know. Or uh, send me a little pic. Yeah, send know? her a little pic in the bathroom. <laughs> Or, you know, or give a little smack on the butt, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, be flirtatious be- so that, you know, so I'm not taking advantage of that. You know, I'm stewarding that yes. Yeah. And another thing is when uh, he does, when we do have sex, like, he's always aware of my pleasure, too. It's yeah. not only him. Are you opening that door? Pleasure. Yeah. We going there. Let's go. Let go. It's we're both like finishing yes. every time, yeah. you know? So it's not like, oh, I'm. I'm going to, you know, finish and yeah. like we're done. Yeah. It's, it's not like that. We both experience pleasure. Yeah. So one thing I've noticed and I've learned is that culture has centered um, the orgasm around the male. Mm-hmm. Like you rarely, you rarely hear songs, culture, movies that are centered around the female pleasure. It's always been centered around the male pleasure. It's always yeah. once he finishes, we're done. And I threw this book out there, maybe a podcast or two ago, um, but it's called She Comes First. And it's literally She Comes First. Mm-hmm. It's that concept. And that's, that book helped me open my eyes to the fact that, dang, like, yeah, our education is just to get ours and be done. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, when you're in marriage, one thing that the that we both agree to is that like we want to please each other. Like sex and marriage is ultimately serving your spouse. Yeah. It's like we're trying to outserve each other. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like I'm focused to giving on you, giving to you, and you're focused on giving to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, it sounds foreign when you say that because it's like every time, like yeah. you both orgasm every time, like mm-hmm. and that that is something that like we're never we're never in and move on with our day until we both yeah you know until she has like however that is like yeah we and we create different ways it's not just intercourse you know there's, there's we can go down to those things yeah. we'll we'll set aside an actual whole podcast for this yeah, but we definitely episode. had to touch on it but this also creates a safe space to know that you know what she says yes but that means she also knows that my husband's going to make sure i'm pleased that's another end of stewarding you know that safe space sexually so all that to say is I know that when um, we have sex, he's better able to communicate or talk things out. Mm-hmm. As for me, like I like to talk before. I yeah. like to just have everything figured out because I'm yeah. going to be thinking about it the whole time. But for men, it's like, or for Xavier, mm-hmm. um, it's like I know that he'll better communicate after we have sex. Yeah. One thing I, I know... The stereotype out there is that, you know, men just want sex, 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 right? And it's Mm -hmm. just pointless, like bang, whatever. But in actuality, sex is actually a deep, when it's done in marriage, it's actually a deep and emotional connection Mm -hmm. that takes place. Like there's bonding uh, chemicals and all kinds of things that happen in the brain that actually make it a very intimate um, moment for, you know, you and your wife. And so, Yes, like, and I appreciate you for that because there are times where I find it difficult to communicate mm-hmm. and um, to talk things through, but you initiate and that creates, that makes me feel safe, right? Yeah. Because I just had a connection with you. We just came together, literally. And <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm better able to communicate. But stewarding that, I also know like on some days, I know like you're better off when we do have that conversation. Yeah. So it's really a give and take. Like you're mm-hmm. thinking, how could I help better, you know, serve my husband and create a safe space for him. But I'm also thinking the same. Yeah. And I think when both parties are trusted to do that, that's when something beautiful is, is born you yeah. know, out of that. That's true. So if you don't get anything, you know, out of this, you know, this episode from orgasms to, top golf to phone calls and text messages and <laughs> yeah <laughs> all kind of all that stuff we, we talked about what we really want to emphasize on is needing help isn't weakness mm-hmm. needing to to call someone to vent doesn't make you weak going to therapy doesn't make you weak yeah struggling or going through things and needing help and needing advice or you can't pull yourself out. Yeah. That doesn't make you weak. Like being depressed, having suicidal thoughts, all these things don't, they don't make you weak. Mm-hmm. And I think we struggle with that mentality, especially for those who are the strong one in your bunch. Like you mm. got to be strong. Yeah. I think those are the people who struggle the most. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're so focused on helping everybody else. And nobody's checking on you. And no one's checking on you. And, and it's like that saying on a plane, like, if this plane's going down, you first 
you know, you, you, (laughs) (laughs) you got it. You yourself need to get the oxygen mask. Help yourself first, because if you're not good, then you can't help the person next to you. Mm -hmm. And so my heart goes out for those who are the strong one in their circle, who, you know, has to be there for everybody else, who has to strengthen everybody else. And my prayer for them is that they find the two or three. Yeah. That'll help strengthen them. Like every therapist has a therapist. Mm-hmm. I read a couple of books and they're all, all of, they have therapists, you know, yeah. everyone needs help. So we want to leave you guys with that. You want to say anything about that, babe? Yeah, I agree with you. Everything you're saying, like what you're going through, if like you needing a friend and you feeling alone doesn't make you weak. Like yeah. it's, it actually makes you stronger yeah. to talk to someone because you're letting those emotions and everything out. Yeah. And that always helps. Uh, I know for me, it always helps me um, become better. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, um, the circumstance with uh, Stefan Boss, a.k.a. Twitch, breaks our heart. Yeah. And we just found that it's a perfect time. We don't want to use this time to talk about it out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think throughout all of our podcasts, we kind of emphasize on transparency and vulnerability. But we do want to reiterate. Um, that like it's okay to need somebody. Yeah. Like, and then on your end, you're responsible for being transparent. It's mm-hmm. not just finding the right people yeah. to talk to. It's like you gotta step out. When somebody's saying, like, my brother called me and be like, bro, how you doing? I'm like, I have no idea, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I'm doing right now. I'm feeling kind of numb right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm just being, being real. Yeah, being transparent, being real. And if you don't have those two or three or even the one, like we encourage you to seek that out. Yeah. You know, and, and it takes time. Like mm-hmm. um, you might not have that person around now, but keep, you know, being hopeful and keep creating relationships. Yeah. And keep being vulnerable and keep forgiving and keep healing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff right there. For real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Yo, I this hope- is the longest podcast we ever did. Oh my god! Yeah, sorry. I hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> it though. I know it, it was fun for, for yeah, me yeah. personally. I yeah. really liked it. So yeah, well, we appreciate you guys. Go ahead and um, take yeah. this on out, babe. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate the support, like always. You can email us at life on eleven podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Life on Eleven Podcast. DM us, ask us questions. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and if you don't feel like you have that person, like me and my me and Destiny are here. Like yeah, like we're willing to like give you our numbers and if you know and, and call us like or DM us whatever it is. Like she just gave mm-hmm. you the information. If you feel like man, like I don't got nobody to talk to. I just need an ear or yeah. And they, I feel like man, I can trust them with some stuff. Like mm-hmm. um secrets are kept here like we we understand the yeah. value the value of people sharing transparent stuff so we're here as well if yeah. you don't feel like you have that person so so yeah so we love y'all man take care all right y'all have a good christmas yeah, right merry christmas, merry christmas. Okay. oh my god oh right. <laughs> uh, yeah so we'll see y'all next week have uh happy holidays love y'all sure bye